It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of the space. Slopes a tackle, and there he goes. Crowder, it's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Donald escapes, trying to buy himself some time. Fires, end zone, it's caught. Incredible play by Donald. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. And it's the Q-inator. Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studios. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it is time for the weekend mailbag. So, of course, for that, we bring in the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at jetsinsider.com. And above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. Chris, what's going on, sir? Ah, uh, not too much. I'm in a really weird place right now because, like, my I feel my ADHD has been, like, ratcheted up all off the charts now. I think it's a large part due to knowing that I'm getting my second dose of the vaccine shot on next week. And I, I can feel like the freedom creeping up on me and my ADHD is going absolutely haywire right now. So I'm a little all over the place, but you know, I'm, I'm ready to talk some jets, I guess. Okay. Well on that note, let's talk some jets and we'll jump into the mailbag with say my name. If he says, if the jets break all the fans hearts and keep Darnold, what type of haul do you think they should require for the second pick? And who would you guys use the additional picks on? Is it possible to build a team that everybody is happy with that still involves keeping Sam Darnold? The best way I could answer this is if they were to trade down, they would have to get something similar to what the 49ers gave up to go up to number three. So you'd have to be looking at a bunch of future picks or a bunch of picks in this year's draft and a bunch of picks in next year's draft. It depends on who's trading up to because obviously the 49ers coming all the way up from 12, it's not going to be the same price as say just off the top of my head if Atlanta wanted to come up from four or even if Carolina wanted to come up from eight. But you'd have to get a really nice haul to move back. I wouldn't do it, but I understand that this is the theoretical that you're throwing out there. You can build a nice team. The problem is, and we've seen this before with Mark Sanchez, eventually the dam will break. If the quarterback doesn't get better, the team is going to start to slide backwards. And that's what happened with those Sanchez Jets. So if Darnold doesn't take that leap, you're in trouble. And the problem here, of course, is that Darnold is heading into the final year of his contract. So I pose this as a theoretical to Gary Myers the other day when he was on the show. And I think it's a fair thing to say, and Chris, you and I have talked about this. If Darnold gets a little bit better or even moderately better, if he's the 25th best quarterback, if he's the 22nd best quarterback, then what do you do? Now you're still kind of screwed at quarterback, right? Are you going to pay Darnold to be the 22nd best quarterback? Are you going to try and get a quarterback in the draft the following year? What are you doing here? Because now he's a free agent and you have to make that decision. So that's why, yeah, you can build a really nice roster, but you're still going to have a major issue at quarterback unless Sam Darnold magically vaults up and becomes this guy that everybody expected him to be coming out of the draft at USC, which would completely defy all odds. It's not impossible 
but it's pretty much never been done before. So to answer your question, yes, you can build a nice roster, but keeping Sam Darnold is going to make being excited about that roster a lot more difficult. And as far as trading back, depending on how far you're going, you would have to get a really nice package, especially on the heels of what we saw the 49ers give up. My biggest argument against keeping Sam Darnold this entire time since the, the subject has first been broached, there's a million reasons why the Jets should move on from Sam Darnold. Um, I think these prospects are better than Darnold was coming out. The, they have reset the rookie contract. There's a million reasons why. But the single biggest reason why is because you build up the rest of the team around him and then you see – what you see a marginal increase or a, even slightly more than marginal increase. And then all of a sudden you have to make the decision if you're going to pay him or not based off of this one year where you've put a whole bunch of talent around him now. And how many times have we seen a new offensive coordinator come in, uh, some help gets around a quarterback and boom, that quarterback plays explodes for a year or two. And then what happens it comes crashing back down to earth. This is the exact way you get yourself into a situation where you have to pay a Jared Goff, and then a couple of years later, you're attaching first-round draft picks to just get rid of Jared Goff. This is what happens. So the best-case scenario is Darnold in, improves, and if, if he only improves a little bit, if he improves a, a, a good bit, either way, it's going to look so much better in comparison than what we've seen. And if you're still trying to debate and hold on to this hope with Sam Darnold now, it's going to take the most slightest of marginal increases for you to consider that next year. And you're going to consider paying him big money to do that next year. And you're still going to have a quarterback that while, yes, he played better, has still so many limitations to his game. And again, this is the part that everyone seems to miss. Sam Darnold, three years into his career, cannot read a defense. He cannot diagnose a defense. I... I, why are we even discussing this? If you can't read and diagnose coverages, then you can't start in the NFL. Maybe eventually he will be able to get to that point. It's not going to happen. Now, the idea of, of uh, at the beginning of this conversation, I would constantly me mention the San Francisco. He, going to play for Kyle Shanahan would be the best thing for him because of the the friendly, how quarterback friendly that system is. It is so quarterback friendly that almost every quarterback would do better in that system. People keep talking about everybody's a fit for the system. It's not that everybody's a fit for the system. It's just the system is so well designed that it'll help almost every single quarterback. And a lot of it is just because the system it's not anything about what he does scheming guys um, and the passing guys open. It's just the uh, running game is so good and so uh, effective. And then they build all the passing concepts off around that. So it just makes the quarterback's job so much easier. Um, now, the other thing about this is, so, okay, <clears throat> if you, they're, they're not going to do this first off just because 
San Francisco tried it up, traded up to number three. They only traded up to number three because they know that they couldn't trade up to number two. So nobody else is going to be able to trade up to number two either. Uh, the Jets aren't trading it, it, it. That's it. But let's go along with the hypothetical. The 49ers traded up from 12 to three. So if let's say, hypothetically, the Giants wanted to trade up from 11 to two, it would basically be the same exact package that uh, San Francisco uh, gave up. It would be pretty close to that. If somebody's trying to trade from, you know, 15 or further, it's going to cost them a lot more. If Carolina is going to try to trade up from eight, it would it would cost a little bit less than uh, what Miami got. <clears throat> but again, it's not going to happen because San Francisco does not make that trade if they think that the Jets might possibly trade out of, of the number two spot. Um, but so if you what player would I target in doing that is going to depend on, you know, how far back you fold. Uh, the, I'm a, I would be trying my damnedest to get Kyle Pitts if I'm collecting extra draft picks, but you're not going to be able to dra- fall too far down to do that. Um, you would obviously want to st- stock uh, the offensive line, get some more weapons, but uh, again, you're going to, you'd build up this team You'd get a better year from Sam Darnold, but you wouldn't know how much of that is. Did Sam Darnold actually improve? Or did LaFleur and the talent around them just help mask Darnold's deficiencies? And this is what we're seeing with Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan always had the idea of, hey, just give me this guy. I'll make it work because of my system. And now the reason why he's traded three first-round draft picks, he says, yeah, I can make my system work with just about anybody, but these guys have limitations. I want to go after a guy that I can open stuff up even more with. And that's what he's doing. So he's learned that lesson. Um, I, I don't know why so many fans are still stubbornly holding on to the Sam Darnold and just refusing to learn that lesson. The Again, the best-case scenario – is he plays better next year and you have no idea how much of that is him, how much of that is the offensive coordinator and how much of that is the uh, improved the talent around him. But you have to make a decision on how to pay, whether to pay him or not. And again, if you keep him this year and he just, he is just marginally better. I mean, the slimmest of margins better you're going to end up talking yourself into paying him next year. If you're that, if you were able to talk yourself into it now, it's going to be that much easier to talk yourself into it next year. And it's going to be just as big a mistake. And you're going to have all types of money invested in it. <clears throat> and it, it just, it doesn't make sense. There's, there's nothing about it that makes sense. It's bad. We, we talked about this a lot on this podcast, pot, uh, process over results. This would be bad process. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Next question comes in from DMAC. He says, if it turns out that Darnold can only fetch a future third or less, shouldn't the Jets just keep him? Not sure it's a great idea to start a rookie right away with limited offseason and preseason. And Darnold might generate more value before the deadline, better than Alex Smith or other QB2 options. The problem here is you risk getting nothing. And also what happens if Sam Darnold gets beaten out in training camp, which, by the way, there's a very good chance that would happen depending on who the rookie is. 
And the other thing, of course, is the distraction of having Sam Darnold looming over all of this and it becoming a big media circus all throughout training camp in the preseason. If you go into the preseason and he looks bad, he gets you nothing most likely, or at best he gets you a late round conditional pick. So what I would do if they're drafting a quarterback at number two is I would trade Darnold for the best offer I could get at this point and just move on. Because if you're drafting a guy at number two, you're not bringing Darnold back at the end of the year. And yeah, you could hold on to him and see what happens through training camp. But the difference between having him or a guy like Teddy Bridgewater is, if you remember when they signed Bridgewater, they signed him for next to nothing. And the idea was he hadn't played much in the last couple of years because of injury. You see what you had there. Worst case scenario, you had a pretty good cheap backup. Best case scenario, you could move him for something good if he looked good in the preseason. And so that's what ended up happening. But Bridgewater had a track record of being a solid starting quarterback before the injury. Darnold hasn't done any of that. He's been one of the worst quarterbacks in the league over the last three years, if we're being honest. So he doesn't carry that same insurance policy value. If you trade him now, you might be able to get a team like, say Pittsburgh to justify to themselves if we get Sam Darnold we've got Ben Roethlisberger Ben Roethlisberger gets hurt a lot he's at the end of his career this will probably be the final season much like what happened with Jameis Winston in New Orleans maybe we get Darnold in the building teach him our system Ben can take him under his wing he reunites with Juju Tomlin gets acquainted with him they bring him into the fold and then if Roethlisberger gets hurt at some point they have him to come in and at the end of the year they have an inside track on bringing him back as the heir apparent for a second round pick it might not be worth doing that for a late third rounder which is what Pittsburgh has at that point maybe it's worth throwing that out there so I think the Jets best course of action if they draft a quarterback at number two would be to take the best offer they can get move on and get themselves a veteran like you said an Alex Smith or somebody like that to just come in and be the measuring stick for the rookie because I keep hearing this oh you want to sit the rookie you don't want to start him right away I don't think it's a one-size-fits-all some guys need to sit for a little while and some guys don't obviously Justin Herbert only sat for a game and then he came in and lit the world on fire. Joe Burrow didn't sit at all and he played really well before the injury. Matt Ryan, if you want to go back further than that, had a really nice rookie year. And there are plenty of other examples of players who played really well without sitting. So I don't think it necessarily has to be one or the other. And if he does sit, I don't know that Sam Darnold is the best guy to put in front of him anyway because, again, what if he goes out there and doesn't play well? Now you're doubly screwed. I would just take what I could get the best offer that's available and move on all right so bear with me here because my answer is going to be messy here this <laughs> is giant mess sort through here but it, it's it's super complicated especially where i am at and uh just my thought process on starting rookies and everything um and i'm, I'm going to start with just talking about what i would do i i would try to just trade him uh now and and get rid of it uh i would I, I would I think Pittsburgh is like the perfect spot for him. I think Pittsburgh makes the most sense for a team to want to try to go, especially because as you mentioned, the injury worries about Roethlisberger, and you could bring him in, get him training camp, get him situated, let him sit and learn all that, and then if you need him later in the season, he's ready. But mostly, you're just getting a chance. You're getting a year to look at him, evaluate him, and see if, if you want to move forward with him past that. That would be the goal that they're going for. Um, I do 
I, I've always been somebody who, hey, if your rookie quarterback is ready to play, you play him. I've always been that. I'm starting to get closer to being like, you know what, almost no matter what, don't start him right away. And I, I do agree with what you're saying, absolutely, that it's not a, a – every there's different circumstances for everybody. I wholeheartedly absolutely believe that. And I do think that uh, for a lot of quarterbacks, it's not going to hurt them if they start week one. I also don't think that it is going to help. Like, I don't think Matt Ryan's any better than he would have been if they just waited four games to start him or waited half a season. I don't think anyone is better because they started day one. So I think I, uh, my general idea, especially if you're um, going to draft to a, uh, going to a team that still has holes and isn't going to be an ideal situation for uh, that quarterback, I just think it's, there's no need to rush it. Uh, you don't get anything out of rushing it where there could possibly be some benefit to letting you sit and wait for a little bit. And then, of course, like you said, Justin Herbert, their plan was to let him sit for longer. Then, uh, you know, they go ahead and puncture uh, Tyrod Taylor's lung, and he has to be thrown in there right away, and it works out great. Um, So I'm not saying that I wouldn't do anything. Like, I'd be like, oh, he's not starting to week six no matter what. But I just – I think I like the idea of not like trying to force and rush it on that first uh, game. Now the other side of that is right now you go ahead and you trade Darnold and draft one of these quarterbacks and James Morgan is the backup right now. That's so they'd have to go out and they have to sign a backup. Um, so it, it's a big complicated mess. Um, and I won't, won't be surprised at all. I, I like, I would not do this, but I will not be surprised at all if the Jets roll into the training camp in the season next year with both Darnold and a, another quarterback here uh, that they draft. I wouldn't do that. I just think that just creates too much of a mess. And then also the biggest reason why I wouldn't do that, like this, it's going to create divisions in the locker room. It's going to create a bunch of the headaches. The, the coverage of it would be insufferable. Um but the biggest reason why I wouldn't do it is because you're splitting those reps up so much. Um, even if you go at like when the Jets brought Josh McCown in, Josh McCown didn't need to take a lot of reps in uh, training camp. They could afford to give the reps to Darnold and just let uh, McCown come in and just take a couple reps here and there. It didn't really take away from Darnold. Where if you're keeping Darnold and you're drafting one at two, how are you going to split those reps up? And then it gets to the point where are you do, you're doing them both a disservice by limiting their reps. Where it'd be better to just go with giving one guy more reps. I just think it creates too much of a mess. But I don't think that it's something that we can rule out them doing. That's going to wrap up part one of the mailbag. Make sure that you're checking out Chris's very big deal work over at JetsInsider.com and following him on Twitter at CNimbly and at Jets Insider. And check out everything we're doing over at PlayLikeAJet.com and on the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. Plenty of great stuff up there right now, including over at PlayLikeAJet.com, our write-up of the big bombshell involving Steve Young, the former BYU quarterback and, of course, Hall of Famer, 
who came out and said that he is aware of the fact that Zach Wilson's family has been recruited by the New York Jets and that the Jets have quote-unquote committed to him. The 49ers would love to get Zach Wilson, but they are under the impression that they will not be able to do so. He also said that he spoke to members of the Jets coaching staff and that they seem committed to Zach Wilson as well. So huge story there. That's up at playlikeajet.com. Over on the YouTube channel, Kayla Pace, Pace's Playbook. We've got Play Like a Jet Live featuring Luke Grant and Clayton Smarslock. That's every Wednesday and so much more. So check all that out. And if you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest, the New York Jets podcast, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com. Come